Here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the Chicago Bears. This is the Bears Wire Podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now your host, Ryan O'Leary and Bears Wire editor, Alyssa Barbieri. Welcome to the show. Always enjoy my football chats each week with uh, Alyssa. And to our listeners, you can find us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts right on your phone. So if you haven't yet, subscribe and uh, let us know what you think. Leave us a review. Hit us up on Twitter. We appreciate you. Uh, Alyssa, how you doing? We're coming off the bye week for the Bears so we can kind of like reset our agendas, right? We don't have to sit here and yell about the head coach and be mad about the officiating like we've been over the last few weeks and try to convince the rest of the world that Justin Fields is going to be the franchise quarterback of the Bears for the next 15 years. We don't have to do that. We can kind of just like reset everything and get ready for the stretch run. It's kind of a it's kind of a different feeling on the pod this week. It is, and it was nice to kind of have an off week just to kind of sit back and kind of, you know, go through everything that's happened through the first half of the season and, and watch, you know, football and not have to worry about the Bears losing, which, hey, the Bears didn't lose this week. So, I mean, that was great. Uh, and at the same time, though, I, it's weird because normally it's a bye week, especially when you when you follow the Bears. You know, it's kind of a it's, it's nice reprieve from everything that's been happening. But and we talked about this last week, like, you know, with Justin Fields coming off that amazing game that he had, you kind of wanted to see him continue that momentum. And, you know, there's a little bit of a break, but he you know, he was still training with former Bears receiver Brandon Marshall this week. So, I mean, he, he never stops. So. I mean, it was nice to have a little bit of a break, but ready to get back at it. You get to sit back, watch some football, and that's where I want to start. So we're going to do five questions. We're going to fill our first two segments just with five questions from around the NFL and the Bears just to kind of reset our, you know, just kind of get reset for the second half of the season. And that's where I'm going to start, right? These last two weeks, Alyssa, have been crazy, right? Filled with upsets. Uh, Another one this past week with the Ravens going down to the Dolphins on Thursday night and then the Bucks losing to the Washington football team. It's just crazy. There's, every week there seems to be a, a team that's like a seven, eight, nine point underdog winning outright. So let's start there. What team do you think is in the most danger? The, what favorite team do you think is in the most danger of getting upset this week? Beat straight up. Do you think it could be the Ravens at minus six and a half who are coming to Chicago, right? So there's, there's our Bears angle. Do you feel like the Bears could knock off the Ravens? Or I'll give you a few more, right? The Browns. Nine and a half point favorites against the Lions at home on Typico. I, that, that's a big line. The Browns, they seem a little vulnerable. They got smacked by my Patriots this past week. Uh, the Bucks, 11 and a half point favorites going to New York to face the Giants. And the Bucks are coming off a couple of losses in a row. The Bills, a couple weeks ago, they lost to the Jaguars. But they're seven and a half point favorites at home against the Colts. Or my Patriots, six and a half point favorites at Atlanta who got torched by Dallas this past weekend. Uh, which one of those teams that are favored do you think you get knocked off this week? Man, oh, that's crazy. I mean, I kind of, it, it's weird that I want to pick Baltimore just, and I know we're going to talk about this when we talk about the, the Bears-Ravens uh, game yep, later in the yep, episode, yep. but, you know, we, we talked about how they're like a mixed bag, right? You really don't know what you're going to get with them every week. They can, you know, go and beat a good Chiefs team at the beginning of the year and lose to the, uh, almost lose to the Lions and, uh, you need a, a, like a miracle kick for that to happen. They lose to the Dolphins. It's just kind of, you, you really don't know what you're going to get with them. But, and this is, I definitely think the Bears have, have a shot. Uh, and I also, I'm also looking at that, that Lions Browns game. I mean, I mean, I have family that are Lions fans. I've been following the Lions, you know, for years. So I kind of, especially this season, 
this is a weird game. I mean, you have Cleveland coming off that, just getting absolutely drubbed by the Patriots. Whoa, that was bad. That That was was crazy. And you look at this Lions team, which we talk about all the time. They have the fight in them and everything, right? So, I mean, but this is on the road in Cleveland. And, I mean, I... I'm like, if the Bears can't beat the Browns, can the Lions? But then it's at different points of the season, and there are different circumstances and everything. But, I mean, I'd probably be looking at the Ravens or the Browns. Those are the two, maybe, that I'm leaning towards. So now I just jinx the Bears to lose uh, to the Ravens. So sorry about that. Uh, but, yeah, I'd probably be looking at Baltimore and Cleveland to look out for the upset. Yeah, I actually told you last week that I was going to be all over the Bears, no matter what the spread is, with the Baltimore Ravens. So we'll get into that a little bit. I do like the Bears at home against this Ravens team, which I think is kind of a – they're fine. They're a good team. Like they're always there in the playoff mix of the AFC, but they're just not as good as everybody makes them out to be. I think they're overrated. The Ravens are. Uh, but we'll get into that. One player that I, you know, look out Tom Brady, right? The Bucks, terrible this past week against Washington, and now they've lost to Taylor Heineke and Trevor Simeon, and they got to go on the road to face Tom Brady's kryptonite, right? The Giants. There's something with the Giants, Alyssa. Tom Brady cannot play well against the Giants. He just can't. He just can't. He's had some bad, bad memories in his Patriots days against this team, and he never plays well against the Giants. So I think I might bet against my guy, my boy, TB12, and uh, oh, take the man. Giants in this game. I don't know if they're going to win it straight up, but I think that's going to be a really close game. But uh, I think my pick, the team to win it straight up, I think it's going to be the Bears. But we'll get into that here in a little bit. Uh, <laughs> question number two. Yeah, talk about jinxing the Bears, right? Uh, we've already, we've <laughs> already put the double jinx on the Bears. All right, question number two. Tevin Jenkins. The Bears' second-round draft pick this year is back practicing, so that's good news. True or false, Alyssa? We need to see Jenkins play and play well over the second half of the season to justify the high price the Bears paid to move up and get him. I mean, when you kind of, when you look at this whole situation, it it has not been ideal, and he he hasn't practiced since OTAs, really. So, I mean, we he missed all of training camp. Had surgery, is practice, practice for the first time on Wednesday, or is going to practice for the first time on Wednesday. And, you know, you kind of look at where he's at. He's not in game shape. He has, he has to get back to practicing. He hasn't done that. So, I mean, I envision him probably being activated, not this week, but next week. And, you know, the Bears are talking about, during practice at least, kind of rotating him between left tackle and right tackle. And, you know, with looking at how Larry Borum has done, the fifth-round rookie, you know, he's been holding up pretty well at right tackle going up against T.J. Watt and Nick Bosa in back-to-back weeks and only allowing one sack and one pressure. I mean, that's pretty impressive. So, you know, at this point, it looks like they want Tevin Jenkins to be that left tackle of the future. But then you have Jason Peters, who's been the best offensive lineman, the 39-year-old Jason Peters, who's been Chicago's best offensive lineman. So All reliable. want to pull yep. him out of the game. Sure. And especially when Justin Fields, your future, is behind there and the goal should be to continue – to protect Justin Fields and give him time to continue, obviously, to grow and everything. But, I mean, I, I find it hard to, like, think that it's, you know, just based on the second half of the season because we don't really know how it's going to shape out with him getting back into game shape, how they're going to use him. Are they going to kind of rotate him? Is he going to be splitting reps with Peters or with Borum, you know? So, I mean, I would say next season would be the big test. I mean, right now, because you have to look at the long-term investment too, right? Whether ultimately whether any of these rookies pans out, right? That's going to be over the long term. You have to see where it happens. Obviously, when we were looking at this draft, you know, Pace got A's and A pluses like just across the board, and it just kind of shows you how silly that early grades are. But because you need to let things play out. So I mean, I'm curious to see how he 
is integrated into this offensive line because they're going to find a way, they need to find a way to get him reps on the field. And with that offensive line, with the exception of maybe a center Sam Mustafer, I mean, I think they found a, found a nice cohesion so far. So, I mean, it'll be interesting, but I don't think that just the second half of the season, especially after everything that's happened, is, you know, going to be too important at this point. I mean, I would look at next year. You know, my gut reaction would be, yeah, I'll feel a lot better if Jenkins gets out there and looks like he can play, even if it's just yeah. a handful of snaps, right? Because when you pair Jenkins and Fields together for what Pace and the Bears gave up to get him, you gave up, you know, and, th- and this is taking out any swaps in the same round, and I'll include that fifth for a sixth swap they did with Carolina. So if you take out the swaps, you still gave up a first, a third, a fourth, and a fifth over last year's draft and this year's, the, you know, next year's draft to get these two players, Fields and Tevin Jenkins, right? So you gave up this haul of, you went all in for these two players. We're seeing Fields. We're feeling pretty good about Fields. As you wrote on Bears Wire, it's been a little uneven to start. I think you gave the Bears a C plus for that pick. Good for you, Alyssa. Good for you, Alyssa. Not, you're not, you're not just going to get wrapped up in the hype, even though you love the player. Giving an honest assessment, right? Fields has not been great, but he's showing promise and he's getting better. And that's all we could ask for. I'm hoping to see the same from Tevin Jenkins, but I agree with you 100%. If the kid doesn't play a lot this year, fine. But you better be healthy. We better not be doing this every single year with the injuries and you know, now the back issues that he had in college continue to chase him through the pros. Like, for what you gave up to get him, I hope that's not the thing. I hope eventually he gets on the field, plays well, and, you know, that investment you made in Fields and Jenkins ends up being the right move for the Bears. They don't screw themselves, Alyssa, in these, in these next couple drafts. Yeah, that's the hope. And you also kind of look at Ryan Pace's track record, too. And, you know, it's kind of a little nerve-wracking when you've seen some of the players, the high uh, drafted players that haven't panned out, like whether it was due to injuries like Kevin White or just talent like a Mitchell Trubisky. Like, I mean, you kind of look at that and it was hard. I, I think we were all like, I think we were, we felt good about Justin Fields, like even in the current situation that he's in, but you know, with Tevin Jenkins and where, where he's at, it was like, Oh gosh, here we go again. Right. But yeah. you know, it's still too early. I guess we'll, we'll see. I mean, like you said, I would like to see him go out there and make, uh, make an impact like Larry Borum has in his first two starts at right tackle. Granted, he practiced during training camp. I mean, he he missed a little bit of time, but that entire training camp, he didn't have surgery. You know, he did have a high ankle sprain he was dealing with. But I mean, for the most part, he kind of acclimated fairly quickly. So I would like to see with whatever opportunities that Tevin Jenkins gets eventually, maybe not like immediately, but, you know, over however the course of how many games he does get some experience. And it's probably not going to be just he's starting primarily at a certain position. It's probably just going to get him some reps here and there. But, you know, the hope obviously is, to, is for him to show that he is he was worthy of trading up, obviously, to acquire him in the second round. We would probably, even with Fields, we'd probably be killing pace for this draft if he didn't get Herbert and Borum, right? Those two at the back end are kind of, they're kind of keeping us from going, uh, you know, assaulting Ryan Pace with our words, Alyssa, in the podcast, right? We're, we're, we've got to be easy on him because those picks are really panning out and it's allowing us to kind of give Jenkins some time and not freak out about this draft class because those picks look uh, really good. But, but speaking of that, studs and duds from the first half of the year, let's get into that coming up next. This is the Typico Sportsbook Fantasy Minute. Let's make this interesting. Interesting. 
Corey Benini of TheHuddle.com here to bring you strong plays for week number 11. Philadelphia Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts versus the New Orleans Saints. New Orleans' weakness is its pass defense, and while we've seen somewhat of a transformation by the Eagles into a power running team all of a sudden, expect a return to the aerial game as the primary source of attack. New Orleans ranks as the third worst defense against quarterbacks in the last five weeks. More recently, in the last three games, this unit has given up 47.6% more fantasy points per game than the league average. Both of the rushing scores by quarterbacks against the Saints have come in the most recent two contests, and it never hurts to have Jalen's legs as a bonus. Tennessee Titans running back Deontay Foreman against the Houston Texans. Houston is one of three teams that has allowed more than 1,000 rushing yards so far, and they've done so in only nine games played. Also, this unit has given up the second most rushing yards in that time on a per-game basis. Six touchdowns have been scored in the last four games against this group, and one in every 20.6 rushing attempts has found the end zone for the sixth highest rate. While Foreman will share some touches in the backfield, he has potential for a touchdown and should be good for close to 70 total yards. Not too bad for a flex spot. An even better play should come from wide receiver T. Higgins, Cincinnati Bengals at Las Vegas Raiders. Higgins has scored 13 PPR points and change in each of the last three games, but he remains scoreless in five appearances since week two. The Raiders have been mired by injuries and personnel woes of late, going from being one of the stronger defenses of the position on the year to giving up six of seven total touchdowns to wide receivers in the last four games alone. Coming out of the bye, Higgins is due for a touchdown. New Orleans Saints tight end Adam Troutman at the Philadelphia Eagles. Eight different tight ends have scored 10 plus PPR points points on the year versus Philadelphia, and all but one happened in the last five weeks. Five of those eight touchdowns have come in the last six games, and this is among the best possible matchups for the week. In the last three games, Troutman has been targeted at least five times in each contest, and he's finally starting to show the signs of life that made him an early offseason sleeper prior to being derailed by an injury. He's a flyer for a touchdown and could be a hot DFS play. For more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. That was your typical sportsbook fantasy minute. Win your fantasy football league with thehuddle.com and use them to dominate player prop bets at Typico Sportsbook. For a limited time, new Typico Sportsbook users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See typico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. All right, Alyssa, question number three. Uh, give me one Bears player you're most down on this season. So the one Bear who's fallen most short of your expectations. Oh, man. I mean, easily that has to be Allen Robinson, and it's not even all his faults. But you look at what he was able to accomplish with Mitchell Trubisky and Nick Foles as his quarterbacks, back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons being easily the best offensive player that they have. And, you know, when you go out and Andy Dalton and Justin Fields were upgrades at the quarterback position, so you expected that, you know, Robinson would not only continue to build, but even have a better season than he did over the last two years and make it, you know, three 1,000-yard seasons in a row. And that just hasn't been the case at all. He's on track for half the production that he had last year, and that's with an extra game. I mean, just that overall is disappointing because you wanted to see him kind of with, you know, develop that chemistry with Fields, but he didn't really get the chance to do that in training camp, and it's kind of catching up with them now. You're, we started to see in that, that Steelers game that, you know, Fields and Robinson are, you know, starting to get on the same page here, but when you, when you look at Robinson, like, this is not what you expected. And granted, you know, the passing game itself has just been a complete disaster for a number of reasons. 
But it's just you never expected Allen Robinson, who when everything was just breaking down around him and everything was an utter mess, including the quarterback position, he still managed to thrive. And that just hasn't been the case this season. So, I mean, I would say Allen Robinson is the biggest disappointment, but, you know, that's not just all that's not just on him. I think there's obviously a number of factors that have contributed to that. Yeah, I hear you. I I think Allen Robinson's got to be the answer, right? One touchdown catch, no games over 70 yards all season. And uh, they're not really throwing him the ball. He's 57th among all. I, I looked this all up because I was wondering, where is Robinson among all the wide receivers in the football? Um, 57th in targets, Alyssa. So they're not really throwing it to him. Oh. But with those targets, 75th in receiving yards, 70th in receptions among all the wide receivers in the NFL. So that, that is just not, that's not what we expected. And we wanted him signed for years, right? You know, for the last couple of years, we've been begging the Bears to sign him long term. And now... Now that's tough, right? I mean, he's coming off a an unproductive season. Doesn't look like he's got a ton of chemistry with Justin Fields, although the next eight games will will tell us that, I guess. So, you know, we, we the season's not over, so we'll see. But do you want to get in there and try to compete for Allen Robinson's next monster contract? I don't know. Maybe you, maybe your best bet is to go into the draft next year with your first pick in that second round and target a wide receiver that's gonna you know, come up with fields and maybe give you, uh, you know, maybe help him out down the field and be one of those downfield threats, you know, young, dynamic receiver. And I mean, just figure out your offense, your game plan, Alyssa, your coaches, you know, figure that thing out on offense and then go draft a wide receiver that you can bring up with fields and Mooney, right? I mean, I think maybe that's what we're looking at. Instead of trying to go all in on Allen Robinson like we've been begging for for the last couple of years, I think at this point, it's hard to envision them doing that. It is, even though you could argue that, you know, obviously his, his price is coming down a little bit just because sure. yeah, he's he not hasn't doing any favors for himself. Yeah, right. He's not doing any he's favors. He's not, but then that's another reason why Alan Robinson probably be like, okay, really? You're going to do this to me and then you're costing me money. Why would I sign back with you? So, I mean, unless him and Fields really develop that connection and Robinson really likes where this is going. If he gets some kind of reassurance that Matt Maggie will be there next year, <laughs> or maybe if they get a new GM, you know, Ryan Pace wasn't willing to get to pay Robinson when he should have. And that's something I'm sure that's still in the back of his mind. But I mean, at this point, it doesn't seem likely that Robinson's coming back. So like you said, wide receiver is among the top priorities that an offensive line uh, that they really need to go out and, and make a move on offense uh, this year. And it's going to be difficult because obviously they don't have a first round draft pick. But they do have the quarterback, right? So, I mean, I'm looking at that. Yes, you gave up a first-round pick, but you know how long they've been looking for a quarterback like Justin Fields, and they finally have him. So they're going to have to make do. They have – I mean, the one thing with Pace, if he were to to stay on, which I think is looking more and more likely, I do think that Matt Nagy's gone. I mean, with Pace, you just don't know the McCaskies really love him. And there are some good things that he's done, right? It's not just all the bad. So, I mean, if he were to kind of stick around, you look at his track record in the later rounds and they have, you know, more obviously more later round picks. They got Darnell Mooney in the fifth round. You know, they got Khalil Herbert in the sixth round this year. So, I mean, like he's able to find that kind of talent. But wide receiver is that's essential because Darnell Mooney, who who else do you have next year? Your number I one mean, receiver, Darnell Mooney. Bring, <laughs> yeah, that's their number one receiver. So, I mean, that's obviously a big priority, especially with fields. They do have a lot of young talent around him. And you look uh, on offense, David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert, Darnell Mooney, Cole Komet. Like, there is that talent there, but they also obviously need to get more receivers in place. And and the most important thing, you need to protect your quarterbacks. So go get some offensive linemen. Yeah, maybe Robinson and Fields, they're just not a good match for each other. If not, then fine. Maybe we dodge the bullet. You know, who knows? 
Uh, Which is funny considering that's probably the best quarterback he's played with. Yeah, it is. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> I don't know. But Fields isn't that he isn't that dink and dunker, right? He would he just proven not to be that yeah. guy. So so we'll see. We'll see how that plays out. But yeah, I'm I, I'm I'm kind of leaning now. Let's go get a wide receiver. Let's target a wide receiver early in the draft, as early as we can, <laughs> since we're not picking in the first round. Because wide receivers are kind of hot in the draft, Alyssa. There's these rookie wide receivers are coming in, making a big impact right away for teams. So why not for the Bears next year? Um, okay, on the other side of this coin, question number four. What Bears player uh, has been your biggest overall stud over the first half of this year? What what Bears player, offense, defense, I mean, if you want to go special teams, you can. I don't know if you're going special teams. <laughs> but in any phase, what Bears player is your biggest stud? Then I'll give you mine. Oh, man, I have it down between two, and it's funny that they're both on defense. Yeah, okay, so one, um, of, the, one of these is going to be mine, but go ahead. <laughs> I know now I'm like, oh, my gosh, do I pick the other one? But the two that I, I, I thought of, well, the first one, I guess, I guess the biggest that I always thought of Roquan Smith, just he he still, like, he is one of the best linebackers in the league. I mean, he hasn't been perfect here and there, but he he's tied with the league, or he was before uh, the bye week. He was tied for the league lead uh, in tackles. He just, is, he continues to be just a ferocious tackler, and he's just, he's the centerpiece of that defense. I mean, he's just, he's going to be signing a long-term deal down the line. I think they have another year to get that done, whether it's Ryan Pace or someone else in that position, but then also, and this is probably going to be yours, Robert Quinn, just, I mean, he's probably my biggest surprise. So I hope that wasn't a question that you had (laughs) last, Ryan. Nope. Go ahead. You can answer that one too. Okay, good. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Robert Quinn just, I'm, I think we expected him to bounce back because how do you not after you have two sacks uh, for the entire season and you're someone that was coming off like a multi-digit sack year so I mean Robert Quinn just I mean he leads the team with six and a half sacks he missed a game two because he was on the COVID list I mean he just looks like a completely different player he does obviously look better when Khalil Max out there which I mean that was the plan right when Pace went out and got Quinn was to kind of have you just have two studs right opposite each other so I mean I'm excited for Khalil Mack to get back and you know the Bears to get back to the top of the, of the lead league in sacks but I mean Quinn's been you know I think he's been a stud on defense which is shocking I thought he would do better but I mean he's definitely exceeded my expectations and I apologize for our comments earlier in the year <laughs> yeah I, I went defense as well for me it's Roquan yeah for me it's Roquan Smith uh like you said top five in tackles three sacks he had that epic pick six or, uh, against Joe yeah. Burrow right so uh, he's just been, I think he's been the Bears' most consistent player. He's been awesome. Uh, and uh, what is it with him, right? He's never made an All-Pro or a Pro Bowl or something, Roquan? Yeah, he w- he made the second team All-Pro, okay, which so, was ridiculous because so, he deserved first team honors and he deserved a Pro Bowl. And if he doesn't get it this year, Ryan, we're going to have we're gonna have, to have a vent session. Yes, yeah, we're good at that. <laughs> we're good at that. Yeah, so Roquan Smith, it's time. It's time. He's having a hell of a year. Um Okay, so coming up next, we'll wrap up our questions. I have a fun, one more fun one for Alyssa, and then we'll break down this Ravens-Bears game. Do the Bears have a chance to knock off Baltimore, who's one of the top seeds in the AFC right now? We'll get into that coming up next. This is the Typical Sportsbook Minute. Let's make this interesting. What's up? This is Jeff Clark from the Bet Slippin' Podcast presented by SportsbookWire.com. I'm here with my handicapping homie, Nathan Beagle, to break down this week's Sunday night football game between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Los Angeles Chargers. Our friends at Typico Sportsbook have the Chargers laying five and a half. Money lines plus 200 for the Steelers, minus 250 for the LA Chargers. And the total is sitting at 46 and a half. I'm taking the underdog Steelers at plus five and a half. Um, 
Um, the Steelers have a huge edge in the coaching matchup between Mike Tomlin and Brandon Staley. They're much better on third down and red z- and in the red zone. The Chargers have a negative differential in third down and red zone conversion rate. Also, if you blindly fade the more popular side, which is the Chargers, you win 63% of your primetime games this season. Nate, how are you looking at this game? I'm going with the under 46.5. The Chargers by far have the worst rush defense in the league. Pittsburgh is 25th in opponent's rushing yards per game. It's going to be a lot of running, a lot of killing the clock, especially if we don't know Big Ben's status. I'm going with the under. That was your typical Sportsbook Minute. For a limited time, new users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See typico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. All right, Alyssa, this is uh, kind of random, but I'm going to the Bills-Colts game this weekend. I, am, uh, I have a, I have a, my brother-in-law is a diehard Bills fan. I had a friend, you know, I'm, I'm out here in New Hampshire, in New England. I have a friend who uh, randomly bought Bills season tickets uh, when the Bills sucked, and now the Bills are good, and he's profiting off these really good seats he bought, uh, these, these season tickets, and he's, he just sells them, and he made a ton of money in the playoffs last year when the Bills made their run to the you know, to AFC title game and all that. So I just like, you know, I was like, you know what? I'd like to go to a Bills game and just do that whole thing. Like, go see what it's like there. You know, the Bills Mafia thing. There's a guy that runs around and gets squirted with ketchup and mustard or something. I, I Hopefully he's not <laughs> naked. And hopefully he's wearing something. And, you know, there's like all these things. Like guys guys and gals jumping through the, the tables. All You know, all that. Thing. I just want to go experience the whole thing. And my brother-in-law has never, he hasn't been to a Bills game in 20 years. He's a diehard. So uh, I called my buddy and, you know, this, these were the tickets that we ended up picking, and we're going to the game. So I'll have to report back to what my experience is like here in Buffalo coming up. But what's been your favorite NFL experience away from Soldier Field, right? We know, I'm sure, that you know, you've know you had some great memories there. But outside of Chicago, what's been your favorite NFL experience? Yeah, and first of all, I want to say I want to go experience this now. <laughs> that just uh, sounds... Yeah, well, I'm probably not when the Bears are playing them, but just like for fun. Yeah, see, I'm not <laughs> going when they're playing amazing. the Patriots, so I can just go and enjoy the whole thing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'll yeah, report back. Fun with them. Yeah, I'll report back <laughs> next week. I'll let you know all about it. Oh, you it. have to. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, but like my favorite NFL experience away from Soldier Field or like a game uh, is definitely was definitely training camp um, when the Bears had it in Bourbon A. It was a, a like a tradition that my dad and I, we would drive, whether it was when he lived in Michigan, we drive three hours over or from Florida driving 19 hours straight to get to Bourbon about an hour south of Chicago and just going when they had it at Olivet Nazarene University like that was just a great Bourbon it was a great college town right yeah and there was like this bar that we used to go to TJ Donlins and you know where former you know, or former Bears players or even some current ones or some guys would come in and you know you you know have some drinks go shoot some pool do bags outside and I mean, it was just really, really fun, like, especially when you go, like, to watch them. They're just practicing, right? But it's just, like, they like they made it a whole experience. There's a whole bunch of stuff to do. It's summer. The weather's nice. You're just kind of hanging out. It, and at that point, right, this is summer. It's training camp. Expectations are pretty high at this point. No one's lost anything, right? Mm. Even if this is a bad Bears team, we're like, oh, we still have a chance, right? Maybe we'll win week one. Like, you know, the atmosphere and just kind of like the mindset at the 
for that particular time of the season was was really fun. And I mean, I was very, very upset when they decided uh, to move training camp to Hallis Hall just because obviously like the whole town and everything, the whole experience itself, it wasn't just going to training camp. So and I know they held training camp at Hallis Hall for the first time open uh, this summer and not as many people were there because I remember because I've got, been to Bourbon several times and I think one time it was the Jay Cutler, Brandon Marshall era and this is when they were like when they were good and I remember we like it was a night practice and like we had seats at the in the top of the bleachers and you could see people that were parking down random side streets like because there's neighborhoods all around and they're just like walking and there were like 10 to 15,000 people at this like practice and it's like this whole experience and it's it kind of it's you know it feels like like game day but like so much more intimate and closer because obviously everything's closer it was just like a really really cool experience so i mean i'll, I'll check it out at house hall eventually but like there's not as much room and it feels like it does have the same vibe but i mean yeah training camp easily that's my my favorite nfl experience that's a good one yeah training camps are underrated for for fans to go yeah. because they're usually like the one, you know, the Patriots used to play, used to do theirs at a college in Rhode Island as well. Now they do it at Gillette Stadium, you know, right right outside the stadium. But it's free. It's free to park. You don't have to get a ticket or anything. You just go. You just show up yeah. and sit wherever you want. Watch, like you're saying, watch the players right in front of you. And a lot of them come and sign autographs, talk to the fans afterwards. Yeah, it is. It's a very underrated, cheap experience in the summer to do, right? It is. It is really fun. So... I like that, Alyssa. That's a good answer. I thought you were going to pick like a, a football game or something, but you went way deeper. That was great. Good oh, yeah. As soon as you said that, I knew it. I was like, yeah. oh, yeah. No, that was, just, that was a good one. It has a whole new feel to it. I love it. All right. So Ravens-Bears this week. Uh, last week on the show, I told you, Alyssa, no matter what the spread was, I was taking the Bears, right? Because I, I said the Ravens, they're the AFC frauds. <laughs> they might be the biggest frauds in the NFL besides the Rams. The freaking Rams. Oh, Rams. Look at you. Oh, yeah. I uh, guess you can't just go and get all the best players and trade all your draft picks and just go march your way to the Super Bowl, huh? Yeah. Huh? Funny how that works. But, yeah, I told you. I told you the Ravens weren't that good, Alyssa. And what huh? What happened on Thursday night? You couldn't beat Jacoby Brissett and the two-win Miami Dolphins? Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, I loved every second of that. Uh, so, okay. Bears getting six and a half points at home. Uh, I got to stick with it, right? That's That's – Plenty of points for me. I'm going to take the points for the Bears coming off the bye week against a Ravens team that loves to fall behind in games, loves to play close games, loves to try to pull it out of their keisters at the end. As you mentioned earlier, the Lions kicked the 66-yarder. They should have lost to the Lions. They should have. They almost they did. should have. So, yeah. So, give me the Bears at 6.5 in the money line at plus 210 on Tipico. Yeah, sure. I might sprinkle a little bit on there, too, just for fun, for the take. For the reasons of the take, right? I got to stay take committed here and pick the Bears. Maybe I'm crazy, but I actually read on Bears Wire that you're on the Ravens side because, as I keep forgetting, Alyssa, because it's been so long since we've seen the Bears play, uh, they're on a four-game losing streak, right? So it's hard to really feel super confident about the team, isn't it? Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, they, I, it, you almost forget that they lost four straight the, for the third time in Matt Nagy's uh, since he's been coached, by the way. So uh, that's not a good look for him, but. It doesn't help that they've yet to win a game coming off the bye week with Matt Nagy. But, like, at the same time, you look at this game, and like you said, the Ravens just, like, what are, like, who are they? Like, what is this Ravens team? They're losing, they're all, losing or almost losing to bad teams, but they're beating good teams. And it feels like, it feels like, like an any given Sunday kind of thing, right? 
Yeah. I think that the Bears do have a chance they could go on there and win, which, I mean, that's the case every week. But it's a matter of execution with the Bears. You know, obviously the offense appears to be trending in the right direction after that Steelers game. We need to see if they can do that in back-to-back games because they did do that against, at least in the fourth quarter, right? They did that against a, a really good Steelers defense. So you want to see them obviously continue that momentum. But the defense, I mean, it was kind of trending in the opposite direction of the offense, which is very weird to say. Um, but, you know, especially with Lamar Jackson being out there, like you just – when he's out there, you, ha- you just have to be aware, right? And he can take over a game at any moment. So the Bears defense is really going to need to to step up, right? And they've had a rough few weeks. Hopefully, Cleo Mack and Eddie Jackson will be able to return at that point. Matt Nagy didn't say anything or rule it out. But, he, I mean, he did rule them out, which is encouraging, right? Max missed a couple of games. They could have placed him on IR if he was going to miss three games. So maybe they – are feeling pretty confident. Maybe Khalil's going to try to try, try to go for this game, which hope, which hopefully he will, because we saw what happens when you know <laughs> that defensive front can get pressure on Lamar Jackson and take him down. Right? You want to you know keep him in the pocket and make sure he doesn't destroy you. So um, I mean, I'll definitely six and a half. I saw that and I was I was a little shocked because the Bears are at home too. So I mean, I will take that all day. Take the points. Um, take the points. Right? They're overrated. They're overrated. Or not, yeah, the Ravens are overrated. I don't know if the Bears are going to win. I think that this won't be a blowout by any means. I think it'll be a lot closer than people might give them credit for. So, I mean, I'll take the points easily, but we'll see whether they win or not. <laughs> yeah, maybe, you know, if you're going to bet the money line, sprinkle a little bit on it. Just a little bit, just for I'll funsies. I'll take some of that action, too. But, yeah, yeah, yeah a, little bit, a little bit on the money line. But, yeah, the points I feel pretty good about. Six and a half at home against this freaking Ravens team. I'd actually probably feel better about it, Alyssa, if they beat the Dolphins. They weren't coming off a, a bad loss to the Dolphins because you're probably going to get a focused Ravens team, if that even exists. But again, it's the Ravens. They're just a weird team. They're kind of good on defense sometimes, but they have lapses and Lamar Jackson's brilliant at times and other times he's you know inaccurate and fumbling the football and it's the style of play, right? The the Ravens really like to run the football, and all their runnings, all their running backs got hurt in the preseason, right? And they've been trotting out guys like Le'Veon Bell, who just got cut, and uh, Latavius Murray and Devontae Freeman, and all these guys that are just like over the, you know, basically at the end of their careers. It, they're not very explosive, I guess I, you could say, uh, as long as you're taking out marquise hollywood brown the wide receiver there i mean they're not super explosive so that's why i'm looking at the total too. 45 and a half i think i lean under yeah. i think i lean under two slower paced teams that like to run the football right the bears are on that side of it too they they tend to play lower scoring games so i would lean under 45 and a half but if i'm betting it i think i'm taking the bears at six and a half i'm going to take the points yeah i mean i definitely take the other i mean but this was us was this when we did, it was the 49ers game, right? We're like, oh, no, take the under. And then <laughs> yeah, it was like a shootout. Like, it's like a shootout, yeah. yeah. It's like, what, what so are we apparently, you know, apparently the Bears have a chance to win, and this game's going to like it's, it's gonna be like another blowout, or shootout, sorry, hopefully not blowout, yeah. another shootout between these two teams. But, yeah, I mean, like you said, I mean, they, the Ravens, despite, like, not really, like, having all those running back struggles, they have the best, like, run game in the league right now, and the Bears aren't far behind. Uh, which obviously Lamar is a, a big part of that. And, you know, containing him is going to be priority number one. But, I mean, if you can get after him, because that, that bear secondary is is a liability, like 100%. And if Hollywood Brown goes, like, this is a game where he could go off, and that scares me. It's kind of like Debo, right? You don't want anything like that happening that happened against the 49ers again. 
uh, especially if your offense is kind of keeping you in it and you, you know, do a decent job in the first half. You, I mean, this defense, I think there's more pressure on this defense uh, than the offense heading into this game. I did rip the Bears, Alyssa, for letting Debo shred them, but Debo might just be a freak of nature. You see him last night against the Rams? Holy crap. He is amazing. He, he, is, he is just freakish. He is so good. He is so fun to watch. Oh, my God, that guy. They're handing him the ball. He's fun to watch when he's not playing your exactly. team. <laughs> exactly. When he's not torching your team. He's torching everybody. He is so freaking fun to watch. Yeah, Debo. Yeah. Yeah, the Ravens, I'm not surprised they're up there in, in Russia. That's what they do, right? They just sit there in the pistol and these weird formations, and they run the counter plays and misdirection, run RPO stuff. So you just got to try to blow them up on first and second down, get them in that, those third and long situations like the, the Dolphins are doing to them, and they're just screwed. Yeah. They can't get first downs when you do that to them. You put them in third and long, Alyssa, they can't get first downs. So let's see if the well, Bears can the do Bears... it. Can the Bears do it for me? Let's go, Bears. I picked you two weeks oh. ago. I'm staying with you. <laughs> I don't know. The Bears' defense, I mean, they struggle at times. They get yeah. off the field on third and long. Like, that's one of the things that scares me. But, I mean, as a football fan, I am super excited to watch Justin Fields and Lamar Jackson on the same football field. Not at the same time, obviously, but that's just going to be really fun to watch because they're both just dynamic athletes. Very, very similar, obviously. I mean, that that's going to be really good. I'm yeah. excited to watch that. That's a today. matchup. So I'll be in the stands in Buffalo, probably freezing my ass off. <laughs> I'll be following on my phone, especially with you, Alyssa, on Twitter, and I'll be following along. And Bears, you better not let me down. I'm picking you against the Ravens to cover and maybe, maybe straight up to. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with it. Let's go straight up to. Oh, Knock man, off the Ravens. I'm feeling it. <laughs> Help out my Patriots. Oh, come come on. on. Don't let them down. Don't let them down. Come on. <laughs> so... Yeah, an oddly positive Bears Wire podcast for all of you this week. So uh, that was fun. We'll see if the Ravens win this game and, and the Bears don't come through for me. I'll probably be uh, you know a little pissy next week. So that'll be good. We'll be back to back normal. To, back to our yeah. back to our regularly scheduled programming. Back to our normal tone. <laughs> we'll have something to complain about with the head coach, I'm sure, and all that after this one. So, but yeah, it should be fun. So again, to our listeners, we appreciate you. Thanks for hanging on all this time and uh, hit subscribe for us. And uh, for Alyssa, I'm Ryan O'Leary. Thanks for joining us, and we will catch you next time. Alyssa, you know how to close it out. Bear down. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.